When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with L.A. Nick. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back uh, leading in, ladies and gentlemen, a white woman. Was it Cassie? Was it Catherine? No, they're from Toledo. A white woman uh, has something to do with Trump. Has something to do with the big N. Has something to do as with swastikas. As soon as you included her race, I knew it was going to be some race thing. No, there's no doubt. It always is. Now, when it actually says a white woman, yep. yeah, it's always about a race thing. We'll be right back with that story, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you again to Diane Auten. She was a great interview. 
<laughs> I love her. I know. Yeah, she was great. She got a great sense of humor. Probably because of her husband and her two boys. You have to de- develop just a be sense her. of humor. Yes, it's her. I was kidding. <laughs> be quiet. Pipe down down there, woman. It, it keeps you sane. It does. Because boys are chaotic. I deal with it every yeah, day. They are. And it's just, even now with my oldest being 14, uh, my middle one's 11, and my youngest is 6, it's just, it's always chaos, but I try and make it in a fun way. Why do boys not get it? Explain that to me. I don't know. I, I could tell them till I'm blue in the face about things, and Doesn't they matter. just kind of give me this blank look like, uh. I think there's a lot of men that just stay boys. Like, I think I just stayed a boy. Like, I don't think I'll, I think I'm always going to be. It is what it is. Yeah. I think if you can, you will. Yeah. <laughs> you can get go, away with it. I think I just, you know, just chose to do that. You know, it's so. interesting when, she, when you guys were talking about, like, in school and how bored you were and all that. Yeah. Um, now... I guess because Andy had a really tough time in school because he he didn't mm-hmm. he wanted to like walk around his desk and read the, the material, and back then the teachers didn't want boys or, or anybody yeah, up out of up. their desk. Yeah. Now they give the kids those those like exercise balls that they can sit on and they yeah. can sort of bounce yep. around. Mm. It's like why didn't they do this for, like forever? Yeah, that's true. Institutions take a long time to adapt to the times. And and yeah. it's okay if a kid wants to walk around his desk and read his assignment. It doesn't mean that the other kids can't sit down and read their assignments. I would go for homeroom, then go out the back gym door and run across soccer field back to my house. <laughs> now you're talking. They didn't notice you were gone Jeez. in elementary school? That's scary. No, middle, that was middle school. Oh, middle, middle school. Middle school, yeah. Yeah, they probably were like, yay, he's notice gone. Because the teachers and me, me, do not like. Me, me and about 10 friends, because I lived right across the street from the middle school. Oh, so yeah. all my friends would come to my, both my parents worked. <laughs> And my parents built a soundproof studio in the basement. We'd go down there and rock out all day. Nobody would know. My mom would come home and do laundry and not even know we were down there. You're kidding. No. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> nice. That's a wonderful thing. There was one window, and that's where my mom would park. You would see the tire. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You, and I had so a little, you know she was No, home. I had a little sensor set up. And it, it would cut through the oh music. Oh, my God. It would cut through the stereo and say, someone's home, someone's home. And all my friends would remember this. And, and so we would all just be quiet. My mom would come in, do laundry, and then leave. And then we would all just start jamming again. What a life. It's like a game of freeze. That was pretty fun. I got to say, it was really good memories. I would imagine that is probably true. I told my mom all, all, all the things that happened in that house that she never knew. <laughs> one, time, yeah. one time it was me and this girl, and we were both naked. And my mom came home, and we hid in the closet. And we were in the closet. My mom was right there. It was louvered doors. You could see my mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and uh, my heart was beating so hard. And... uh and I think we had just smoked pot, and I was like, "My mom's gonna definitely smell that pot." And uh, <laughs> did it. My mom Never just did. came in and left. You're I told my mom the story later. You're in the closet naked, and, and you're like, worried about her girl. smelling the and pot. She probably oh, knew yeah, it. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> she I probably was, was like, "Oh my god, I'm getting out of here." No, <laughs> uh, no. When I told her, she said she didn't know. Oh, okay. no. That's a good thing. I've told my mom everything that's ever happened that she didn't know. I never did that with Toots. She couldn't handle it. My mom's pretty cool. No. Well, you plus go. you had a house full of people all the time. You wouldn't have gotten away Oh, with it. God. There were so many people in the house <laughs> all the time. Yeah. One of the guys that uh, lived with us for a little while, about five or six months, uh, ended up double murder. He's in Supermax out in Colorado. <laughs> right. Lived with us for about six months. That was a great Good thing. Good thing he liked you guys. Yeah. I did. Later on in life, I saw him. He was, he was on 26th Avenue North. And there was a guy on the, ground, on the sidewalk knocked out, and he kept kicking him in the head. Oh, my I God. I said, what are you doing? 
He goes, I'm robbing this guy. I said, I think you got him. The guy, <laughs> He's dead. And the guy, the guy, it took about five years, but he did die. He did? Yeah. Oh, jeez. The guy was in a coma That's for like terrible. five years. Wrong, like, don't people have any feelings? Like, don't they? Some, Some people don't. I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure he like, did. Like, don't they have anything? Well, yeah, empty. When we were talking about, you know, how people act today, it's like people just attack other people and they have no regard I, for I'll how tell you that. What, I am so yeah. glad I'm not still downtown. Every oh, time yeah. I go downtown yeah. now, yeah. I see more and more and more and more, and I'm just like, it's either it's getting way way worse. There's a, there's a nose at your nodder. You're away from it now. There's a nose at your nodder on every bus stop. So anybody on heroin scratches your nose constantly, rubs your nose. Yeah, yeah. heroin makes you. Itchy. You rub your nose all the time. Your nose? Yeah, cause your nose goes numb. Oh. So they rub it and they scratch it. Usually rub okay, it. are they snorting heroin? Or? No, no, just oh. in general. Just in general. And then, they, you know, they nod out. But there's one on every bench, everywhere you go. Like, you know, they're... I've never seen this many. Maybe well, I see, was, but you were you were maybe, in the mix of it. Right, now maybe that you're I was away blind from to it. it yeah. Maybe I was blind to it. Yes, absolutely. Just like you know, you get used to the grime of the city after a while. It's like, it's like there's just dirt and throw up and everything everywhere, and you don't even care because yeah. you see it every day. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, the whole thing is. Uh, what can I tell you? I don't I mean, know. I, I don't see good things happening to inner cities. Okay, well, are you trying not to sell your house? Is that what you're doing over there? Good God. Well, no, my house is on a great street. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you said it's that. It's the last great place in downtown. There you have it. A white Toledo, Ohio woman was hit with charges including ethnic intimidation Monday after allegedly spray-painting Hail Trump. Big ends keep out. Oh, Ethnic uh, intimidation. Ethnic intimidation. That's what I said. That's a crime. That's and a, a swastika okay. across the front of her black neighbor's home over the uh. weekend. Patricia Edelin, 47, pleaded not guilty. She was ordered not to have any contact with the victim, who is in the process of selling the house. She's going to get the hell out of this neighborhood. Where was this at? Uh, Toledo, Ohio. Oh, Toledo. The incident went viral after Monica Davis, the victim's realtor, posted a video on social media showing the vandalism, which took place less than three miles away from the location where, mere hours later, the Ohio City's annual African-American parade would be kicking off. Davis called for the video to go viral, and it did. Community members were at the house power washing and scrubbing away the spray-painted words, the Toledo Blade uh, reports. This morning, we had a great time celebrating our community's diversity at the African-American Festival Parade. I wish people would look up the word diversity and yeah. see what it means. A bunch of people who all look and think the same is not diversity. It's not diversity. It's, it, that's not what diversity is. Look it up. This room is diverse only because... L.A. Nick's Italian. <laughs> That's the only reason it's diverse. Excuse me. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're celebrating. Oh, that, that was the mayor that said that, by the way. Of course it was. Uh, at the same time, a family in our community experienced a hate crime, Mayor Wade Kapzukikovitz. Mm. Kapzukikovitz. Toledo's Polish? mayor? Toledo's Polish? mayor, Wade Kapsukiewicz. Yeah, something, something very long and very Polish. Very Polish. <laughs> Posted on, is it Bilski? Uh, no, nah, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, uh, since the alleged crime does not meet the federal standards for a hate crime, you could spray paint big ends, keep out, and that doesn't qualify as a hate crime? I think well, to, to be to, fair. I think it has to involve a person. Or a threat. Oh, really? A, a direct so. threat. To, to be fair, there's about a 90% chance they did it to themselves. For well, the that does sympathy. happen, too. Yeah, that does happen to people of all stripes. I said stripes. 
Uh, anyway, uh, the ethnic intimidation charge was filed, which increases the severity of the other misdemeanor charges Edelin is facing. Criminal mischief, criminal damage, and obstructing official business. Police tell the Washington Post the charge is rarely used. A neighbor caught Edelin on video allegedly vandalizing the home, and police used the recording to identify her. Oh, there you go. They had to force their way into her house to arrest her Saturday night after she refused to allow them in. I have never been more dismayed and then more proud of Toledo than today, a resident posted Saturday, along with pictures of the cleanup. Now, the next job again. This is your homework. Learn what the word diversity means. Mm. Well, it's just a political buzzword now well it is kind now. of because they oh, don't talk really about is. they don't talk about integration which is no the no. important part of diversity is to integrate so yes. they yes. don't talk about that right i mean just like minneapolis they talk about a lot of things but we're dead we rank dead last for integration in america for a city we always have dead last so mm-hmm. we're still working on the tolerance factor not the we're also ranked the worst place yeah. for a black american to live oh i didn't really? know that. oh yeah according to who <clears throat> according to uh a lot of publications but i know the minneapolis st paul business journal just published that this year and gives all the sources oh and how they came up with it it came it comes up with home ownership education income and five other key points and we're ranked dead last for the worst place and for worst place for a black american to live that's really? amazing. Was that put up by the Whitey Times? <laughs> no. Hey, yeah, tell them it's the worst place for them to live. It was actually put out by, by a, an organization for the, that tries to help black people. That, oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I buy that or not. i got to believe living down in the Deep South has got to be worse for black people, although well, there are more here, black well, people here, there. Here, here's, yeah. here's the biggest negative of of black of black person that has low education and no money to coming to the city of Minneapolis, we have we have more Fortune 500 companies than any city in America per capita. So you have to have two college degrees to get a job in Minneapolis. Yes. You have to. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have two college degrees, you're not getting a job. So if you're without a job, housing is so expensive in the city of Minneapolis. It is. It's very seventeen hundred dollars for studio apartment. Yeah, but there are a lot of affordable Whoa. housing. Opportunities now. You gonna live there? Would you, would you live there? No, you gonna live there? Well, if, like if I if I make thirty five thousand dollars a year, I gotta live on what I make, right? Where's that gonna be? I don't. Not if you North Minneapolis. If you that's live, about it. if you make that little, and you choose to live in a downtown metro area, then you deserve what you get. Yeah, well, you don't well, live somewhere you see, can't but afford. That's, but that's hard. That's hard because if you if you make less money, it's easier to live in a highly populated area because you've got transportation you know you've got buses you've got got light rail well (laughs) well yes you said it not me well well, there's 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 more there are more amenities for you right now than if you live out in right now hennepin county welfare in the city of minneapolis equals to 16 dollars an hour for a 40 hour week yeah i know you're getting paid 16 dollars an hour for 40 hours that's what you're getting which still isn't you know like it's no, but you're getting good. it for free. You're not rich. Forty grand but, but, a year. Pro- yeah, that's no, still pretty good. The problem with it is, so they won't even take a. Nobody will even take a part-time job because they're like, well, if I take a part-time job, then I'm going to lose my medical yep. and my and my mass transit. Yeah, true. Transportation for free. True. So now, know. you know what? I don't think I'm going to take that part-time job. I'm just going to stick on welfare, and that's the problem. It is a problem, but it, nobody can come up with a solution. Apparently, less welfare. No one. There you go. Solution. Yeah. You should hear Aaron talk about this. My God, he's the worst. <laughs> what? Aaron, 
This guy. The guy she stole from me. Yeah, the worker. guy she you stole my from. My employer me. that she stole. And I, and I warned her, do not steal my employee. Uh, didn't steal him. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, look at the guy doesn't even answer my calls. Uh, doesn't even answer my calls him. anymore. He won't even answer my calls He texted me this morning. He actually texted me this morning. <clears throat> And this is what, yeah, this oh, i got to hear this time. This is what he said. Aaron, by the way, is the guy that works for us, and he's No, a he works for me. Well, he works for Not lots anymore. of people. He's, no, he does work for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, that's what he well, does. No, he works for me every day, okay? I don't yeah, know if you guys are up with this story. <laughs> hey, big bro, I want to check in with you, see how you are. If you want to plan some days, I can be there. Thank you, Irish A. See? See? They're not stolen. Irish A. Irish Aaron. He's Irish. Yeah, I know he's His Irish. But, uh, oh, Irish A. I was going to say, what the hell? What is that? Oh, Irish Aaron. Okay. Uh, the children of San Antonio convenience store owner Hashmook Hash Patel did not want Christopher Young to be executed for the murder of their father, but Texas ex- executed him last night anyway. Young, 34, received a lethal injection after lawyers failed to win a last-minute reprieve from Governor Greg Abbott. The San Antonio Express News reports he shot the 53-year-old Patel during an attempted robbery in November 2004. In his final statement, he addressed Patel's two children, Mitesh Patel and Renal Doshi. I want to make sure the Patel family knows I love them like they love me, Young said. Make sure the kids in the world know I'm being executed and those kids I've been mentoring keep this fight going. How do you mentor children from prison? Yeah, really. Come on. Um... Yeah. It'd be a little difficult. I just don't understand. Can you imagine going and shooting somebody in the head to no, steal 20 bucks? I, no, I cannot. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I have no words for it. Just I don't either. Zero. I, don't I really know how don't. you do something like no, that. No, it's unbelievable. Even just hitting somebody with anything to get money, I just, it's not in me. Yeah, it's there just, was a, I couldn't do it. There was a video going around about these kids that jumped over, mm. a, they were like on a, some sort of weird highway and there was some like cement block and they, they jumped over this thing, stabbed this kid. Like, I don't know how many times, a gang of kids, and then they just jumped back over it and just went on yeah, about mob, their business. Mob beats, they call I just them. don't... What the heck? It's a thing now. Mob beats. Yeah, they mob these look like These look like maybe 13, no, 14, yeah, that's, that's, 15. That's who's doing mm-hmm. it. That's who's doing it. Yeah, they're too dumb to know better. They, they, there's like, there'll be like 10 or 15 of them, and they, a lot of times they'll wear the same exact color shirt and hat, like all white shirts <sighs> and black caps, and they'll just... I'll beat somebody up so nobody can get charged and nobody can get blamed because they can't pick any of them out. And that's a thing right now. That's when you bring in Judge robs, Dredd. They call them mob robs or mob beats. Mob robs or mob beats. Make it illegal to join one of said mobs. There you go. Problem there solved. you go. I'm we, great at solving problems. <laughs> we will be right back right after this Tom Bernard show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down 77 pounds, and in a couple of weeks, I'll do one more round to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It's on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, too. That's important. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. 
Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. If you are a homeowner, you do not want to miss this free event. We are hosting a free seller workshop where we are going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. Plus, we are going to share our proven systems that will instantly put the control back in your corner. Guarantee yourself the results you deserve when it comes time to sell your house. Our exclusive workshop will be sold out shortly, so call now to secure your free ticket by calling 763-401-SOLD or by visiting sellerworkshop.com. This free seller workshop will be held the week of August 6th. The last workshop sold out very fast, so hurry and call Chris Lindahl Real Estate today to save your free ticket. So call now, 763-401-SOLD, or visit sellerworkshop.com for times, locations, and to secure your free ticket. Okay, you know how it works. Uh, I don't promote people that aren't the real deal or don't do the right thing. This is not a bare-bones situation at all. And the best part is it's free. Not quite. I'm playing my own music. Yeah. I got a little change in my pocket. And yes, we did hit the post. Thank you. <laughs> Who did this song? Uh, George Satellite. Yeah, I didn't like this band. This guy dated dated my girlfriend. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, did I hit a sore spot? <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a girlfriend back when they came, right before they popped. Like right before this band popped, and he took my girlfriend out, and she's gone forever. But it worked no, out. No, she for tried you. to get back with me. Yeah, but it worked out great. Oh, for it worked you, out great so, for me. But she yeah. tried to get back with me. Oh, she did. Almost every year since. She was like, "This musician <laughs> didn't turn out to be the long-term stable relationship." <laughs> I thought it would. She even she even sent me a thing a couple of years ago. Want me to meet? Want me to meet? Go meet her in Colorado, I think. No, we just had Rachel Feinstein. You're the Feinstein. one that got away, Nick. Mm. Yeah. We just had Rachel Feinstein in studio last week, and she has the same thing, that she fell in love with some musician in some band. Did She She didn't tell oh, us the band, yeah, though, did she? Yeah, she kind of she... did. She said it rhymed with something, and I don't remember oh, what yeah. it was. She said we were supposed to be the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. So she oh, said this God. last year, like oh, two my. years ago. You yeah. have a pencil-thin penis like he does? I, I do. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. yes, I do. Yes, I do. We're almost twins. Yes, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. So, oh, my God, this just popped up. Papa John's founder. Oh, oh God, yeah, he's screwed. Yeah, he's, in, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, well, he's, he's making it worse for himself. He's screwed. This guy has got one huge ego. John Schnatter's having second thoughts about stepping down. I, I thought he had to. I thought they were going to force him they down. They did force him to step down. So uh, I don't know what he's trying to claim what here. What was the reason for the, him they making him step down? Because he used the big N. He used it as an example of something that Colonel Sanders would have said. And because he used the big N, can't they fired it. him. Yeah, can't do yeah, it. Yeah, you can do it because he yeah, was just related. Obviously, you, you can't. just comparing uh, I, mean, I wouldn't. It's do, gone way too far if we've gotten to the point where you can't even use a word to describe what happened exactly. I don't think you can. That's terrible. Well, you that's know, bad news. It just uh, this wouldn't happen ten just ten years ago. No. Mm, no, that's very yeah, true. Yeah, maybe. I was watching. What's the? I think the last the last season of Cheers was 1999. Was the last season? Yeah, that's about right. No, it was. It was 1999. Okay. Was the last season? They went from 89 to 99. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 82 and, to 93. 
Other than that, though, you're really close. <laughs> really? You were really yeah. close. Oh, okay. Well, 82 the well anyway. You're only out by six years. Well, in 1993. You're only out by 2,000 days. In 1993, days. they yes. couldn't show a white woman hugging a black man. I remember that, yes. I do remember that. In 1993. That. <clears throat> That's true. Diane comes up and kisses two white men and hugs them and gives a high five to the black guy. Oh, God. Well, they had that's the whole... Um, Whatever. Uhura and Kirk kiss. Oh, that's right. But that, that was, was a white guy kissing a black woman. Right. That was that's different. true. It's different. That was totally different yes. to those people. Do you know, this goes back... This, this is funny because this goes back a long way. So in 1919, I think it was, when they came up with the drug task, the drug tax laws, and they at that time, caffeine was an illegal drug. <clears throat> Caffeine? Really? Yes. I did not know yes. that. Yes, and cocaine was legal. Cocaine so was legal. Coca-Cola was using cocaine. <laughs> world, so, so, so at that time, these lobbyists made up this rumor that black men were raping white women high on cocaine in the South. Oh, yeah, there and you go. And they came up and plastered yep. all over New York, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, and then the lo- and then the vote switched. Yep. Overnight, overnight it switched. Well, yep. if, some, if anyone's going to be a rapist, it's going to be someone on coke. So there is that. <laughs> but, all jacked but up, if yeah. you did a line of caffeine... As big as a line of cocaine. Well, you'd probably you die. Instantly die. Instantaously. Yeah. Really? Oh, that yes. is true. Instantaneously. Yeah, that is true. So if you crushed up no dose. If you're you saying. cure caffeine, you'd instantly die. Know that. Yeah, caffeine is very strong drugs. Very strong. Not the, good. the only thing that the federal government and the world allows in the whole world, they only allow enough caffeine in any product the same as the amount of a cup of coffee. Hmm. Really? Like Red yes. Bull and all that? Has? Nothing has more caffeine than a cup of coffee. Zero. Well, and energy shots yeah, too. Energy. Same as a cup of coffee. They no do. way. Yes, it is, Tom. I'm it's telling you. It's 265. It's the same as an espresso. Nothing can have more than an espresso. Oh, so it's two, 265. Whatever espresso whatever it is. is, it can't. Nothing oh, okay. by law can have more. I know. I, I was in the energy drink business. When it oh, first I didn't. that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, West, East Coast, West Coast, West Coast, Coast dope. Yeah. yeah, and I went through all the laws with the federal government, and nothing can be more than a thing of espresso. Where were you living when you did that? Los Angeles. Did you send me some of that? I think somebody in your company sent me some of that. Well, we sent it to a lot of stations. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I got I, some of that. It's really good products. And it was great. It was the best tasting by far. We will beat anybody in a taste test if it went. So why didn't it take, you think? Uh, Red Bull. Red yeah. Bull had deep pockets, and they would come in. Like, they came into the comedy store and said, if you saw West Coast. I mean, I had little tabletop tents on every table saying, dope sold here. We sell dope. Right. And uh, it was, get, get rich, live forever, drink West Coast dope. <laughs> and, like, we came up with every slogan scheme. And everybody would say, what do you mean you sell dope? I want to try some of that. Yeah. You know, everybody bought, tried yeah, it. And everybody would try it. Go, wow, this is good stuff. And uh, But Red Bull came in. They had such deep pockets. They are like, well, if you stop selling that, we'll give you a year free product. A year. Oh. A year. I know Red that, Bull uh, marketed really aggressively, and, they and it came worked out. out. To everybody. They strong-armed everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Then, I, then I started drifting away from bars and going into convenience stores, and I was the first one to have the suction cup things to the doors because I couldn't get shelf space. Oh, yeah. So I came up with these acrylic shelves that went suctioned on the inside the door. Yeah. And I didn't block anybody's product. I went in between, and I had two flags that said West Coast Dope, and it was all worked out. And uh, so I started doing really good in convenience stores. And then Red Bull struck again. I'm surprised they didn't just try to buy you out. I'm surprised they didn't, too. Hmm. I, put, I kept going and thinking they were going to buy me out. And on the can, I have cans at home. On the can in the fine print, it says, don't believe all the Red Bull. Uh. And then it says, and it says 
owned and operated by real rock stars because that was Rockstar just came out. Oh, yeah. So right, I took yeah. a hit at both of those companies right on the can. Oh, God. But, Gee, that wouldn't piss them off at all. And I had um, the logo was a badge that said West Coast Open on each side of the logo. Remember the Chucker Girls that were on the mud flats? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those girls who say, with us holding a big giant syringe. And I think that got a lot of controversy. So that, yeah. that, that but no, it helped me. Because the syringe has saved more lives than anything ever made by humans. That's correct. Yep. Period. Yeah, that's true. Period. More that than is. sewage. That's true. But when you, think, when you think of something like that, you think of overdosing. Well, I put I, it on there to get controversy. And yeah, it did. It worked. It yeah. got press yeah. because of the syringes. Mm-hmm. And that was from a, ma- a famous movie, that logo. The girl, the, big, the girl holding the big giant syringe. Oh, God, what movie is that? It was I, from some old movie yeah, like, you're in, the, right. in the 20s. Um, well, I know they did it in Blues Brothers. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000, but that was in 2000. Not. I have the movie poster at home. I'll look it up. See what yeah, it was. Because I remember that. I remember that logo. It's it's a movie. It was a movie about drugs in the 20s. See, was it? Uh, God, what was the marijuana one called? Oh, Reefer Madness. Oh, Reefer Madness. No, 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 no. If you watch that today, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's gotta be. Well, ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. But it was made to be ridiculous. But I'll tell you, I have to say this fact right now. Because I, I'm, you, everybody here knows I'm pretty anti-drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm the most true. anti-vocally, the most anti-drug person I know. I don't condone any drug use at all, period. And everybody now all of a sudden thinks pot's okay. And it's okay to, to smoke pot and go right. drive around and right. drive around and smoke pot. Yeah, don't be doing pot, that. It's like alcohol in but, that 80% of people can't be trusted with and it. And I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you right now, I haven't smoked pot since a long, long time. And I tried smoking pot recently. One hit. Do not smoke pot and drive. No. I'm no. telling you. It's uh, strong. It's really strong. I was, I was too high to do anything. Anything. I wouldn't trust myself doing anything. Yeah, pot's a lot stronger now. I had to just sit in a chair. And, and then the whole time I'm going, God, I hope I'm normal again. I hope I'm normal again. Like, just wanted it to go away. I hate that paranoia, that it's, reaper was, paranoia. It was horrible. Stay yeah, off the terrible. tractor. It was horrible. Yeah. It was the most horrible thing ever. And I don't recommend it to anyone. I do understand that. If you don't absolutely. smoke pot, don't even try it. Mm-hmm. I had one edible one time. And I just felt like my brain every three seconds would just... Misfire. It would, yeah, it would just like blank out, and then I would have to refocus on what I was doing. It's terrible. And after about half an hour of that, I just decided I hated it so much that I would rather sleep it off, so I did. Yeah, I hate it too. Yeah, not, I don't understand people who like, maybe I just don't process it the way it is. I got friends that never stop smoking. No. They never stop. They just never, they they smoke all day, all night. They're high, just 24-7. I don't know how you can live. I might just not process it the same way as other people who I guess knows? So. I don't either yeah, but some who knows? people they actually function better then, high then they got serious problems those are called <laughs> addicts yeah well no like they have social anxiety no, I'm saying they got serious problems going on they have to be hot on that stuff to be oh, normal yeah. well like for them to even be able to like go out in public and do things it's better for them to be high than not because they can't function Without being high, because like, uh, especially but a lot you of, could say that about alcohol or anything. Yeah, heroin. Well, no, like I know a lot of people that use pot with because they have severe social anxiety. Like they can't talk, they can't handle going to a grocery store, they can't handle going to a, like an airport. Um, like you said they got some problems. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. some people have that. Where you know, yeah. I mean, my son, my oldest boy, who's autistic, he can't well, handle that's being. That's different. In, oh, yeah. Like a 
especially a crowded area. I mean, he had his first panic attack in fifth grade when yeah. he had a winter, they had like a winter, con- they don't call it a Christmas concert anymore. Oh, but, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they call it a Christmas concert. But he said, uh, the school nurse called me, and she's like, yeah, your son uh, Jackson wants to talk to you. So he started telling me what was happening. And I'm like, honey, you're having your first panic attack, mm. the symptoms he was giving yeah. me. So people like that, they actually use marijuana to help them function in because um, I don't want him, you know, if he, I've, he's gotten a lot of therapy. I mean, he, I've managed to get him. He's going into ninth grade this fall. He's on no medication. Um, he had a lot of individual therapy, plus I've worked with him a lot. Um, but I don't know what it's going to be like for him as an adult, especially when he goes out in the real world. Yeah, I didn't have so, my first panic attack until I was an adult. I had it on mm-hmm. a plane. That's not a good place to have a no, panic attack. It was horrible. And I was like, I'm never flying again. And I got sat, I got sat in a window seat with two, I'm talking 400-pound women. That their <laughs> boobs were right against the back of the seats, and I couldn't see past them. So little old me in the corner, these two giant 400-pound women with their boobs against the back of the seat, and I'm like in a hole. And I couldn't even see the aisle. Like, if the stewardess came with stuff, I couldn't even see her. Oh, so you got claustrophobic. And I, and I asked, could I be moved? They said, they're sorry, there's no other seats. And I go, well, can they move over and let me sit on the aisle? And some, one of them wouldn't do it. And I got just panicking, panicking, freaking yeah, he, out. Yeah, he told me he felt like the whole gymnasium was closing in on him. And Well, it was. Yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> it turns I, out there was an earthquake. And yes. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> You know, people like that, they do, but if they do it for a medical purpose, they usually don't do it to get stoned and just be out of their mind all the time. Oh, yeah, dosage <laughs> makes the poison. I don't know any real yeah. doctor prescribing marijuana to anybody. Oh, yeah. Our guest must be on. Yes. Yes, right, indeed. Well, do, should we take a break? Uh, Matthew. Should we uh, take a break at 1230? No. No. Uh, Matthew, in about two minutes, we have to take a, a, just a couple of, couple of minute break, and then we'll continue the interview after that, if that works for you. All right. Absolutely. Who's better than you? That's what I'm. Yeah, so we got a couple of minutes right now, though. Matthew Zarella, Search Dog, is the story of Matthew Zarella, a Rhode Island State Police Sergeant who rehabilitates. Ah, see, now, Matthew. I love him. I knew it was coming, Matthew. (laughs) If you take care of puppies, my wife is going to have a fit. Oh, I know. I was reading the bio. I'm like, oh my God, these stories are so great. (laughs) Catherine. (laughs) You're going to love the film. I know. Yeah, it's true. He rehabilitates unadoptable shelter dogs and transforms them into search and rescue recovery dogs. We come to know Matthew and his dogs and witness extraordinary moments over four years of real time. Searches as he trains his students and their new canine partners to find missing persons. This is what a great story, Matthew. Great story. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. We. uh... Uh, I'm not the only one that, that, that does it. I was just fortunate enough to be asked to uh, participate in the film. I was very honored to be part of it. And how it's done, I, I feel that uh, hopefully it will inspire someone to um, to go forward and, and do some great things for dogs and for people. Yeah, it's a great thing. Uh, so that, would be, that would be a great legacy for me, you know, if just do that for someone. Well, I'll tell you what, Matthew. Uh, if someone came to you and said, Matthew Zarella... Let's see, we need, we need to find a good uh, show for you to do an interview on. 
uh, and it's all about uh, dogs, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all of, also about coppers. <laughs> this show is about as pro-cop as they, they get in the world. And, and pro-dog. Pro, and yes, pro-dog we used to well. have yeah. dogs in the studio, but the new place doesn't let us. Yeah, the new us. place doesn't let us have dogs in the studio. Are you serious? They won't yep. let us have I was dogs. wondering where the dogs No, been. that's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> Can't do the show what? with a dog in my lap. No, Jude. <laughs> That's sad. I know. Well, Tom, you know, that's a good point because I think, um, you know, law enforcement takes it on the chin a lot because, look, yes. if, you know, I, did tw- I served 25 years with the Rhode Island State Police. And, you know, uh, I mean, we have, we get a lot of respect here where we treat people with, with great respect. But uh, folks only really want you around when they need you. And uh, that's understandable. But, you know, in this line of work, uh, most of the time folks will, will go out without realizing that they could get into and into trouble, and when they do, they're glad that we have this resource. And uh, troopers and, and law enforcement alike that do this kind of work, um, you know, are a special breed because we eat, drink, and sleep. It. You know, we live. Yep. The dogs are a twenty-four-seven nope. responsibility. And in search and rescue, in particular, you, know, you have to put the um, you know, you put your weapon aside and, and your investigative skills aside, and, and, and depend on the animal. And uh, and, the, and your dog is, is that tool that, that will save a life if you're properly trained. Matthew, we're going to take that two-minute break. We'll be right back. We're going to have an entire segment with Matthew Zarella. If you can do an entire segment after this, that'd be wonderful. Sure, whatever you'd like. I'd be yeah, happy to participate. Oh, yeah. L.A. Nick will have questions for you. Everybody will have questions for you. Matthew Zarella will be right back <laughs> in a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is a dog playing guitar. <laughs> no, that's and, a dog, and a dog singing. In these oh, two. God, I knew you were. I knew Come it. on, it's Janice Joplin. You're Jones. a horrible human yeah, being. Yeah, dog singing, too. Down with Nick. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Matthew. St. Bernard. You don't like Janice? Matthew Zarella is with us, ladies and gentlemen. The movie Search Dog. Um, I've been given a task here, Matthew, because my wife said, I want to do this story. You should do this story. And I said, why don't you just read it? And she goes, yeah. I, I can't because I'll start crying if I read it. I so if I start crying, Matthew, it's my wife's uh, fault. Okay? 
Um, okay. Ruby, one of the dogs featured in the film, had been returned to the shelter five times, was two hours away from death when she was rescued from the shelter. She recently rescued a teenager who was injured in the woods who had been missing for 36 hours and was nearly dead. In an unbelievable coincidence, the missing teenager was the son of a shelter worker who had fostered Ruby years earlier before she had been adopted by the Rhode Island State Police. Ruby is up for a National Humane Canine Hero Dog Award for the rescue of the teenager. What a coincidence that is, man. Unbelievable. Yes, yes, it certainly was. Uh, And Ruby has, uh, in her own way, uh, paid her debt back to... uh, to that woman who helped her uh, hang on for, for that amount of time and almost like paid it forward. You know, let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's get the, the next person who wants to do good for folks to uh, be inspired to go ahead and do something with a dog and, and help someone out. You know, it's almost a challenge. And we have, uh, I do a morning show in, this, in the market here as well, and, and we do a, um, um, a canine unit golf tournament every year to raise money for the, the canine unit, the, the rescue unit here. Sure. And I tell you, people turn out for that thing. It is unbelievable. Um, Sergeant yeah. Stender is the guy in, in charge of Minneapolis canine unit, and people just love it. They love seeing these uh, these dogs doing all this good. And I like the ferocious part when they go after bad guys. I like that part. That's I do like that. Well, a lot of cities are cutting that. Oh, that's, that's what I wanted to ask Matthew about. A lot of cities are stop or stopping that practice. They're not using dogs for what? crime prevention. They're not using dogs for chase anymore. They're not using dogs for crowd control. Minneapolis is one of them. Minneapolis's mayor says it's a racist practice. What? Yes, there's oh, no God. more dogs for crime use in the city of Minneapolis. Period. They're racist. always search and rescue. Is that right? Yes. Why would it and, be and, racist? I, I heard something. A lot of other cities, San Fran, follow the same. Lines. Yes. Yeah, ahead, I, I don't know. I heard something along those lines that someone, someone thought dogs were capable of, of being prejudiced. And, uh, <laughs> oh I, I, I certainly don't think that uh, that it would be a, a racial prejudice. It would be more of something, whatever's good for them. I mean, animals in general know what's good for them mm-hmm. and what isn't good for them. And uh, if you want to call that prejudice, and I suppose you can, but certainly they're not. They're not prejudiced in line of humans. I mean, they only know what they're taught. And uh, if they're taught to uh, to react aggressively, taught aggressive behavior, it doesn't matter who that is. Right. You know, uh, it, it could be a family member. Um, that person could be it could be in jeopardy of getting bit. So those handlers have to really take care of, uh, of who they expose those animals to once they're trained. That's the challenge of a patrol dog handler. Well, and dog- certainly... Uh, the dogs are not like that. People think that way. Well, and dogs have a, a an interesting way of being protective. Sometimes that just comes out of nowhere. They have a sixth sense. I had when I was pregnant, we had this Irish setter who just loved everybody. Never had, never ever would have growled or anything at anybody. He was the most gentle dog in the world. When I was pregnant, one time Tom came over to kiss me good night, and the dog kind of threw himself over my body and growled at Tom. Yeah, they know, <laughs> man. That's they true. know things. Well, well I was going to kiss her? No, but they knew she was pregnant. Exactly. They it's to like she needs special her. protection. Well, they, they have a sixth sense. They really, I'm telling you, dogs have a sixth yeah, sense. Absolutely. They, dogs are the most special creature ever made, in my opinion. They are the most loving animals in the world and the smartest, and they just know stuff that we don't know. 
Matthew, I got to tell you this part. Catherine, the woman who was just talking, is my wife. Our son Andy's with us. Um, Hi, Catherine. Hi. Guess who gets stuck with the duty when a dog has come to the end of its time and it needs to be put down? Guess who gets stuck with that duty because Catherine won't this do it? This happened once. Not always happened. Oh, Eighteen year old Jack Russell. I had to take him in, and I'd never done it before. So you know, we had several dogs before that, but they uh, they took themselves out yeah, for they the most part. My dog died on its own. Very aggressive, but. Yeah. I'm looking at the dog, and I'm petting the dog, and all of a sudden, real, the dog's looking at me, and all of a sudden, realize the dog was dead. I didn't, it just died, because, you know, yep. they inject it, and this dog, the dog's still looking at me, and I'm like, holy God, this dog is mm. dead. Okay. Oh, man, that was creepy. Yeah, Alyssa really tells this story of her dog getting put down. Um, oh, yeah. So, the nurse comes in. You know, uh, there's something... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, the nurse comes in, gives the dog the injection, but... You know, normally within about five, ten seconds, the dog's out. But mm-hmm. the, uh, her dog was still awake. And what? so the nurse goes, oh, this one's a fighter. And they all started oh, crying. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Oh. Yeah, don't say that when your dog's getting put That's down. That's happened with yeah. some people in lethal injection. Oh, yeah. They you, don't die. Yep. You can fight it off. And you know, in you the old the... days, if they put you, if you got put to death and you didn't die, you were a free man. Yeah, in the old days, that was yeah. They, they don't do that anymore. Right. So I well, tell, no, well, with, I would with hope that injection, it has to it has to reach it has to reach the heart yeah. quickly in order to stop it. But it's uh, it's the most honorable thing you can do for your dog when it's their time yeah. because yeah. they can't do it themselves. And if they were living in the wild, they would take care of it. They would they'd go off and they would die. But they're unable to do that mm-hmm. in, our, in our society. Think about it. I mean, we um, you know we house them, we clean them, we keep them confined. You know, they can't travel in a pack as, as they were meant to yeah. uh, and move on, you know. So, so we have to take care of things like that for them. But they, it, it, is, it is the last great service you can do for your animal. And, uh, oh, it's never easy. I've had six police dogs, not to mention a host of pets growing up. And, you know, every one of them had their day, and um, it, it never gets easier. You just have to get on your horse and move on. Mm-hmm. You have to get another, speaking, another one speaking of um, horse. and not dwell on the pack. Is is a police horse is, is have the same connection with the officer as a dog does? Oh, I think so, absolutely. Uh, and I know people that own own horses for for sport. You know, where they they uh, jump them and they work them in the ring, and, and they feel the, the very same way. Horses are pretty intelligent. They're very prehistoric. I mean, they go back thousands of years uh, in, in the lineage, but they're they're very very loyal animals as well. I, and you know, in the movie Search Dogs. Um, she, uh, Mary Healy Jamiel, the producer, took four years of footage to put together to show actual oh, change. Wow. That's what she said documentaries are for. Yeah. And in that four years, you know, some dogs uh, died, you know, and the film covers one in particular, my dog Maximus. She, uh, the film follows him through his cancer treatments, you know, from the time he was actually young when I adopted him at six months old to the time when he was 10 receiving cancer treatments, and then finally when he died. And, and um, most of those dogs in the film now uh, have passed on, too. There are only a few left, you know, because it's been seven years since sure. the beginning of that, this project. What a story. And Mary's worked on it uh, pretty much by herself the whole time. Is there, done an amazing job. is there a preferred breed for police dogs? That's a great question. Um, there is, depending on the work. Most uh, most. Patrol dogs, as we talked about before, with bite work, um, 
psychotic work. Uh, they prefer German Shepherd and Belgian Malinois, I think, would be because their agility, their size, their strength, their, uh, their ability to switch from aggressive behavior to scent work uh, is, uh, is phenomenal. And so those dogs primarily are used in that arena. In search and rescue, because we're not dealing with uh, aggression or uh, perpetrators that they have to wrestle with, you know, we can use smaller dogs, we can use slower dogs, we can use a variety of breeds because their nose, um, uh, their nose is, is quite comparable even though the breeds are different. The only dogs we tend not to use, uh, you know, I say this uh, politely, are the dogs with the, uh, the, the, the Preston noses because their ability to breathe is compromised mm-hmm, yeah. uh, even though their smell is still stronger than ours. It's not as good. I would think Jack you know? Russell's would be really good at it. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't behave, yeah. though, is the yeah. thing. Oh, but they if they smell something... Yeah, Jack they, Russell's... Yeah. <laughs> Jack Russell's, Jack Russell's uh, have a great nose. Um, yeah. But you also have a dog... You also need a dog that's willing to work for you. Some dogs just don't have the, don't the, the work. drive yeah. or motivation. Yep. Just Kinda like, like people. people. <laughs> yeah. No, beagles, beagles have the third uh, third most spell, smell receptors of any you, dog. That's where you begin to... Well, all the yeah, hound dogs work. That's yeah, you begin to, to weed out the ones that, that are house pets and the ones that are going to be working dogs. Exactly. I, I, I think we that have is... a beagle back at home mixed here at home. Uh, my wife loves her. She's three years old. We rescued her from... Uh, she came from Louisiana. She was born under a bridge, um, and the litter was found without the mother. Hmm. So they ended up up this way for adoption, and we grabbed one. And, you know, she has a great nose, but she won't work any yeah. more for me than she would <laughs> no. for herself, wanting to just trail everything. You know? yep, chase that's all the, thing. the rabbits, chase, chase all the game. Uh, so it's hard to get her focused. It's just this one specific thing. Beagles are way too ADHD to be working dogs. <laughs> I suppose that is true. <laughs> Matthew, do you consider you know, yourself to be to very lucky? On leash, <laughs> to keep them on leash, they'll do a good job. Yeah. You see them in airports sometimes, doing produce. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, other forms of stunt work. Yeah, but they're on leash. That's the difference. In, in Search and Rescue in the film, you're going to see uh, the dogs are working off leash uh, most of the time. They're out working taking direction from us from a distance, oh. looking, using their own cognitive uh, abilities to search for whatever scent we've asked them to look for. In some cases, a buried bodies. In other cases, live missing persons. Um, these dogs can sniff all sorts of things as long as you teach them. God, it's one. You, you consider know? yourself... So we use a lot of Labrador retrievers and uh, um, the working dogs. Yeah, labs are, dogs labs are great dogs. The, uh, yeah, I love it. So what's that, sir? Labs are great dogs. Any Labs just a good breed. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a Labrador Retriever that that I've got. I got from the Marine Corps he, he, at six years old. They retired him. He did two tours in Afghanistan, uh, and at six they retired him, and they gave him to us to uh, to use in law enforcement. To use. He was a um, IED, uh, improvised explosive device detection dog. So basically, bombs and guns. Bomb powder, yeah. And we took them and worked them. Yep, took them and worked them um, two more years, and then I retired from the state police. I took them with me, and I um, converted him over and changed him for uh, from a uh, 
arm and gun dog to where he could have a dog. So he now works, um, you know, part-time as a cadaver dog for me when I need, need to do something. Uh, I, I actually, dog. It doesn't matter, you know? I, ha- I actually adopted a service dog. They didn't know it was a service dog. It was at a pound, and it ended up that they found a tattoo on its leg, and it was a service dog. Mm. And I had to convert that oh. service dog to a regular dog. Mm-hmm. And it was actually harder than you think. Really? Uh, it was. It took a couple years for that dog yeah. to be a regular dog. It was always on duty. Calm down. He, he, would, he wouldn't, he wouldn't go near any furniture. He just didn't. He was, wasn't a normal dog. And yeah. I had to convert him to be a normal, you know, come jump on your lap dog. Dogs are great things. The movie. You again. know what the service dog he was? Uh, he was uh, for a, a, a blind person. Oh. Okay. That passed away. Mm. Oh. And the family sure. just took the dog so and he, put it right in the pound. Wow. And That's he was only one year old. Cool. No, he he was, went through expensive training. Yes, and yeah. he was a one-year-old dog when I got him. Well, they, around a year, and that's what the vet said. And because the vet, that made me mad because the pound that had him was SPCA that had him. They knew everything about this dog, including his name, and wouldn't tell me anything. They wouldn't oh, even tell yeah. me his name. That's mm. weird. But he, weird. He, he, lived, he lived to be 18 years old. Wow. And that's had a cool. great life. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. I hope I get that much out of mine. Most of the working dogs, though, you know, I mean, I've, I've worked in a lot of disaster scenarios, fire scenes, um, you know, some of the dirtiest and grungiest places. That, that you, you know, when you're looking for a body, most of the time it isn't in an area that's easily accessible or clean. And, you know, you always wonder what type of uh, junk are they taking in, you know, to their lungs while they work. Um, I know with arson dogs in particular, you know, they're always breathing in, oh. um, you know, toxins when they're searching fire scenes. And so... You know, I'm searching fire scenes for for human remains, and they're searching fire scenes for accelerants. So they're, uh, you know, both dogs are working intently and picking in a lot of that dust and uh, and, and trash into their lungs. So I I've never had a dog live beyond 13, but uh, I, I've been fortunate to have them that long because they they will die as in the film you'll see they'll die sooner than that. They get some of the strangest cancers. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if it's from the work that they do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that, I do feel conflicted about that. But, you know, in the end, you're doing it to help humans. Right. Well, they like uh, doing and, it, you know, so, I mean. No, they do. No, there's no doubt. We don't force them. And, you know, you don't, you know, the old adage that, uh, you know, I've heard it many times with, with narcotic dogs, do you have to get them, you know, hooked on drugs in order to find narcotics? No, certainly not. You know, you simply imprint them and teach them to smell for whatever uh, narcotic odors you want them to detect. And then you reward them for that. You, mm-hmm. you pay them with a reward. You know, whatever that might be, a ball, a treat, um, a tug. Same thing with search and rescue. So these dogs want to work. And they, um, a lot of them are bred to work and it would not make good pets because they're, they're so high drive, you know, that they, they can't, as, as your colleague had stated with his job, uh, dog for the blind, uh, you know, they can't relax. They want to work and yep. they have to work in order to feel like they've, they've accomplished something throughout the day. Some dogs have to be, uh, have to be worked daily, um, in order to be fed, uh, no, to eat because the way they've been trained, they make a find, they, they get food. And, they, and so, uh, it's part of the training to work every day, twice a day, and they get fed throughout the day as they find stuff, and that doesn't stop. If you go on vacation, those dogs have to 
have to go with someone who can continue the training. Mm. We do that with our uh, computer device detection dogs, uh, and some some of our bomb dogs are also trained that way. Ladies and gentlemen, today but is the day. Today is the day. The movie comes out on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, HD purchase fourteen ninety nine, and HD rental of four ninety nine. Uh, the SD purchase is eleven ninety nine. Rental is three ninety nine. Search dog the name of the movie, and today is the day that you can watch it, and we will be watching it, Matthew. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Oh, you're welcome, sir, and I hope you, you and your wife and your colleagues enjoy the film. Thank you for having me. Thank Our you. great pleasure. Great. Matthew Zarella, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.